That's like her energy, at least at this era of her career. It was like that kind of like snobby, rich girl. I remember listen, watching The Lion King and being like, that Nala is a bitch. <laughs> Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from the past and see if they were any good to begin with. My name is DJ. <laughs> Way to just self-edit in the moment. This is from our childhood. This is like 1993 or something. I just have forgotten how to speak is the main thing. How you doing, Damon? I'm Damon. <laughs> did you say your name? I don't think I did. Say it I'm again. saying it now. <laughs> it's a good name. We're talking about The Cutting Edge. Starring Moira Castleton. <laughs> what is wrong with you? And D.B. Sweeney. But also we're going to double check that first name. <laughs> Moira Castleton. Moira, Moira Kelly. Moira Kelly. Yeah. I was going to say Kelly, but I didn't think that would be as funny. You know, you're right. And D.B. Cast- Cooper. Castleton is a go-to funny. Oh, no. Yeah. What happened to D.B. Sweeney? I mean, people... What? Oh, just like aging? Is it a problem? Yeah. Did he do something? Mm, We don't know yet. Oh. Anyway. This movie, he plays a, D.B. Sweeney plays like a washed up hockey player. And then Moira Kelly plays like a, she's not washed up. She's like a top figure skater, but she has just been burning through her skate partners. Right. She's a double skater. And this may or may not. Difficult to work with. Yeah. Oh. Sexually charged. This may or may not surprise you, but I've seen this movie probably a dozen times. <laughs> I love this movie. And so... Is this the proto-Happy Gilmore? Yeah, maybe. Because doesn't D.B. Sweeney's character, isn't he... Washed up hockey player. He's a washed up hockey player, but also like he gets into a lot of fights. Yeah. And he can... Much like Mr. Gilmore. He can skate, unlike, unlike Happy Gilmore. That's the reason he goes to golf is because he can't skate. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've seen this movie all the way through, except for the first time my family rented it from its Showtime video in Mm. Goodlettsville. It's a a friend of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom loved it. I was not keen on it. Although I have a feeling it's going to be like Moonstruck where I'm going to have to concede that my mom's right. That is my... Premonition and fear, worst fear (laughs) that I'll have to admit she was correct. But I feel like I've seen the last two scenes of this movie. Yeah. I don't know. TNT in the 90s and then in the, hold on, I'm just calculating it out. uh, 3,682 times. Right. Yeah. It's one of those movies that I think did moderately well at the box office, but probably the license was pretty cheap. So it just was flooded onto uh, basic cable airwaves on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Like clockwork. This is this is the kind of movie that is very difficult to find on screens now, post-COVID for sure. But like even pre when it was like, is Hollywood done? You know, people were already asking that. <laughs> it's because like, it's not a big blockbuster. It's not, it doesn't have like these huge name actors. It's not like even like a quirky indie. It's just like a movie. There's not a big laser shooting into the sky yeah. causing all of us to potentially die. So this would be, this would almost definitely be direct to streaming, which doesn't mean what it used to mean. You know, it used to be kind of a death knell for a movie to go direct to video. But now it's like, yeah. And I think, 
I don't know why I saw this movie so many times. I don't know if my sister was into it or if it was just me. If I can't blame it on her, I don't, I'm not going to speak out of turn here. Because I don't remember. Please don't I, attribute anything to Jennifer that she doesn't deserve. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I know for sure. I don't know this. My concern oh. with re- revisiting this movie, okay, is that the relationship it's intentionally, you know, a very like cold at first that becomes warm over time, right? Like she's very frosty to him, and he's very mean to her, and then over time they fall in love. But it might be too mean, and then they become nice too late. I could see that happening because I do remember it being very snippy and that can be charming. But then after a while, you're like, okay. It's like if you're around a couple that argues a lot and they're like (laughs) funny and snide. And Uh and then after a minute, you're like, hey. Do you like anything about each other? Any chance we can just snark it down a notch? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I can see how that would be. A concern. I'm probably also remembering that she's difficult to work with is often like bitches be crazy, basically shorthand for women. So I'll probably be on the lookout for that. It just means she didn't immediately want to sleep with you, usually. Right. So I'll be on the lookout for some casual sexism. I'm sure it's in there. Otherwise, I, I am looking at the cast list, and I am surprised. Like, there is not a lot of big names in this. There's, it's not a very big cast. Like, there's their coach. There's her dad, who's a who's an actor that you'll recognize, a character actor. I can't remember his name. Is it the guy from good. Lost? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. That's right. And then there's other characters, but those are like the main named characters, and that's kind of it. Yeah. They both have like significant others like boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever when they first meet, but they're mm-hmm. almost almost complete non-entities. Yeah, I don't, it's just not a very big cast at all. I think you're right that this would be a movie that would go to streaming and uh, soon be lost in streaming because, you know, my algorithm doesn't push me towards, you know, figure skating movies yeah. with strong female leads. Well, on one hand, it's I think that's fine. And there's more movies coming out than ever before. But also on the other hand, it's kind of sad because I really enjoyed this movie and this would never be like served to me now. And- I would never occasionally just, if I trip, say, topic, <laughs> which is really sad for everyone. This I think. is why A.O. Scott stopped writing movie reviews for the New York Times. This is the exact reason. The loss of the cutting edge style movie. Not his words, but it's what what he meant. If you really read between the lines, he was talking about the cutting we edge. We all know time. what you meant. <laughs> A.O. <laughs> A.O. A name that can only be used in Hey-o! <laughs> Do you think when he walks down the halls in the New York Times, that's what they say? Not anymore, but during the during his tenure there. Ayo! You know, getting coffee. Ayo! Deej, answer the fucking question. <laughs> My brain was desperately searching for both who is A.O. Scott and B. DJ, I want to know, do you think... When A.O. Scott worked at the fucking New York Times, when he walked into the break room and someone else was there, did they say, A.O.? Just answer the question. We're going to watch The Cutting Edge. We'll be right back. (laughs) I refuse. Uh, (laughs) A.O. thing teach there are two things i do well yeah. and the second thing is recording this podcast <laughs> for my patrons and what was the first thing? i think it's sex oh. sex is the first thing i do really well i thought it was hockey 
you know, I can't remember what he says. In the, no, yeah. I mean, that's the third thing. It's a top three. Okay. But I was okay. just talking about the top two <laughs> right now. So first thing is recording a podcast, especially... No, 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 the, no that's the... Second sex thing. is okay, the first thing. Sex. And then it's... I... Skating. Recording, recording a podcast, podcast for patrons. Especially for the patrons at patreon.com. Especially for the patrons. Slash you're an idiot. Third, hockey. Hockey. Okay. Amateur league hockey. Amateur. Minor, minor league hockey. Yeah. But also Olympic level hockey. Pre, Don't call it halty. Pre-eye injury. Right. Yeah. Great. That's a wrap on the commercial. Good job, everyone. Fourth thing. That's a wrap on Damon. Fourth thing. Backgammon. <laughs> so it goes... I always read the first one. Sex. That's what it is. Sex. Uh, Yeah. Sex. Sex. Recording a podcast for my patrons. Hockey. Minor league hockey. Backgammon. (laughs) I did five. (laughs) Did you count hockey and minor league hockey as two separate I think I did. And we are back. We watched The Cutting Edge. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I did know that, but I'm glad that the people listening who have also been listening to the podcast for a few minutes now, now also now know, you know that we uh, have been listening to it. Or unless we've messed up and we've put the wrong back half with the first half of another episode. And now you're probably real thrown. It's not never happened. I don't oh, think we no. ever published an episode, but it has in editing happened before. We've also done some good barbecue eating. Yeah. Although I didn't get my sauce. Neither right. your wife nor I got our white no, sauce. No, you did not get the sauce that you requested, and there'll be hell to pay. <laughs> Once we join forces, look out. Yeah. I th- didn't have a threat ready. Is it my turn to recap? Yeah, usually it's always your turn to recap, <laughs> is what I've always remembered. Okay, let's recap this movie. There's Our two main characters are not doing well, okay? D.B. Sweeney, who definitely has a character name, he- Doug. 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 Dorsey. Dorsey. And, I almost said Ducey, but that's Fox Kate, News. not Mulgrew, which you keep saying that helps me. Moisen. What was it? Mole. Mole Mosley. Mosley. Kate Mosley. So Doug Dorsey is a talented young hockey player. Up and coming. But then he got checked too hard by an opponent. And he has He's lost some of his peripheral vision and such that he cannot play hockey anymore. So mm-hmm. he's been washed up for a couple years now. Kate there's a talented up-and-coming couples skater who doesn't want to skate in couples. If only there were a way for her to skate She can't find wise. a partner because she keeps pushing all her partners away. Well, I just like I just hate that skating is such that there's no way that she can competitively <laughs> skate without another person right. to it's, skate with. It's physically impossible. Scientists have been working for years I've to never find heard a way that. to skate by yourself. I definitely... The only skaters I've heard of are definitely not individual skaters. So... They're definitely couple skaters and thruples skaters. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, <laughs> and Oksana Bayul together. All of them. Doing their, that's why they call it a triple axle. Mm-hmm. Because they're- each one takes an axle. Right. Okay, so Kate, she's just going through partners. She's a talented skater. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. I'm not getting you wrong. I felt like I was the being movie, accused of getting the movie you wrong. To, the movie told me this. So- we got to get these two together. Mm-hmm. And so we throw Lunkhead washed up ice skater, mm-hmm. hockey player, with this frosty, malcontent couples figure The word skater. you're looking for is, as the movie would tell you, bitch. Yeah, and we'll get to that. <laughs> but so these two are like oil and water. It's mm. never going to work. It's never going to work. 
I'm playing to the camera a lot more see, with the new angle. I see that. <laughs> um, Have just, no trouble making eye contact over here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but there's, there's no way this is going to work. There's no way that they're going to come together, get to the the Olympics together. Oh, there's certainly no way that they're going to fall in love. No, I mean there are so many steps removed from falling in love. There's they hate each other. That's the furthest you can be from love, isn't it? Let the world around us just fall apart. But baby, we can make it if we're heart to heart. <laughs> I just realized that doesn't really make any sense. No. If we're heart to if heart. If we're heart to heart? That's not a phrase. I guess you just made up a phrase for the song. They were probably thinking of the, the show Heart to Heart. It's like a cop show? Well, it was two HR, wealthy people who solve mysteries. Robert Wagner, and I can't remember the wife's name, but they were the hearts. Joni Hart. And I believe Ernest Borgnine played their chauffeur. Are you making this up or was this a real thing? No, this is a real thing. If I was making it up, I would definitely have (laughs) an actress's name ready for the wife. Anyway, all that does come to pass. Kate Mulgrew. They do succeed. (laughs) They do succeed in getting to the Olympics, at least. They Mm -hmm. do they are in contention. They do fall in love. And they do do this crazy trick. We don't actually know if they win or not. Right. It's not important. It doesn't matter. They won the ultimate gold medal. (laughs) It does end a little bit like the Sopranos in that you know what happens, but you don't see what happens. I kind of... Lauren was upset by the ending. She was. She was uh, audibly. She was very upset that they did not show them like on the stands. Yeah. Like winning together. I don't mind it. Because it's like, this is this is the important thing. This is uh-huh. the emotional catharsis. They kind of end with the climax, kind it's of. Surprisingly, there is no denouement, no denouement. In, this, in this movie. It is, non, the movie's over. Non de Get the fuck out of the theater. The denouement is the two minutes and 30 seconds you spend watching the credits. <laughs> with zero post-credits really sequence. Coming down. Yeah, they did not set up the, the cutting edge universe that surprisingly exists. It actually exists. Yeah, that is the cutting edge. Well done on a great recap. Thank you. I pride myself on my nine-minute recaps. <laughs> Have I? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just needlessly making me self-conscious about my joke. I got so mad. I feel like we have to... I thought about where I was going to bring this up, and I feel like I... Oh, I swear to God. It's very precarious, this whole setup. So no one gesticulate at all. <laughs> Keep it in the box. I was trying to think of where I was going to bring this up. Yeah. Direct. Okay. I was trying to think of where I would bring this up in our conversation. I think I yeah. just got to get it out yeah, of the way it. right up front. Yeah. I fucking hate you. <laughs> and I hate doing this podcast. Watching this movie silently with you made me realize how much I hated you. This movie is directed by Paul M. Glazer. Okay. Who, if you do not know him, you know him better as Starsky or Hutch. Actually, I looked it up. It is Starsky. He is Starsky. Okay. Um, That's more fun to say, like... Keep it in your yeah, pants, Hutch Starsky. Is, yeah. is not as fun. Keep yeah. it in your pants, Starsky is great. He also played the rabbi's son in Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. And you have your eyes on the rabbi's son. Okay. That's a line from Fiddler on the Roof, just I, so you know. I assume. I didn't just suddenly take on a character for no reason. He chooses a technique that is often employed in this. Oh, yes. We learned about it. That we actually did some research to try and figure out if there was an, a term for this. And as far as I could tell, it was it's called the- Slow- 
Shutter. The slow shutter technique. Yes. Where you sort of fit. If, if you're you, like actually a film person, you're like, yeah, you fucking. Yeah, but like, duh. we didn't know. We were just like, what is this thing he keeps doing? It creates a grainy effect on screen. And it's it's not exactly slow-mo, but it almost creates everyone sort of has trail lines as yeah. they're moving. If you were alive during the 80s and the height of MTV, like a lot of like music videos, a yeah. lot of slow jams might have used this technique. Yeah. Um, Let's say you have you're filming a movie and it's 1992, right? Let's say you want to you're filming some skateboarders. It's 1992. I remind you. <laughs> Let's say you don't have a lot of money. You don't. You can't do a lot of stunts, but mm-hmm. you want to convey an accident. And right, yes, this is the perfect technique for you. You can film them skating around, mm-hmm. doing well. Do a little slow shutter. It's a little. And then just show just them on the ground. Greg rolling on just the ground. Just them on the ground. You just skip the stunt. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to No, you're absolutely, but, yeah. it's perfect. That's a perfect yeah. example of yeah. like a PSA. Yeah. Like, has this ever happened to you? Um, <laughs> so it is so distracting. He uses it for any sports scene. So when we see D.B. Sweeney's injury in the rink, Yes. That is in, in in the hockey pitch. That is in this sort of slow shutter yeah. motion. Uh, sometimes when just Kate Mulgrew is skating, <laughs> we see it there and it's uh, very distracting. And then if, like during the Olympics, during their nationals, like qualifiers, yeah. it's a weird choice almost all the time. And it's used so they use much. It a lot. That he's, Mr. Glazer must've been very proud of himself. Yeah. I don't know if he just like, it often happens. I'm. Sh- it's probably like this with with drawing techniques as well. You learn something and then you use it a little bit too much at first, mm-hmm. like because you're like, "This is cool," and it is probably cool. You know, it is cool to a point, right? And but then it's you're like, like I've got to stop cross hatching everything. Yeah, this is just not yeah. It's like out. when I first bought my wah pedal. You know, <laughs> it's like, "Hey, I'm Jimi Hendrix over here." Then after a couple of songs, you're like, "You know, we only use that on a couple of songs, right? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta chill with that." I wrote that Starsky. Um, they even I realized they they did it at the beginning when they meet at the Calgary Olympics in 88. Well, yeah, what they're like walking. They're walking down a hallway and there's yeah. like trail lines and she's like brushing flags out of her face and I wrote that it looked like an unsolved mysteries recreation. <laughs> it does. It's such an odd choice. It is. It's like next time on Rescue 911. <laughs> we learn a little Any bit other about techniques like camera techniques you hated or is it just that one? That That's the only one I noticed. He does backlighting. He does backlighting. He does like the, so Doug, the character that DB Sweeney claims, he's like kind of a, Doug uh, he's a cad at the beginning. We get him. He's a near scoundrel. The, yeah. He's in the, uh, not Olympic village, but the, whatever. The, Olympic village. Was, it, was yeah. he in the Olympics? For the village that took down Grinder in in, yeah. in Rio. When the he, Olympic Well, village. at the beginning though. And he's, he's yeah. like, okay. And he's like, he's presumably slept with this woman and and he doesn't know her name and mm-hmm. her name is actually Gita, which is like, okay, well fair. That's on right. you for having a stupid name. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Take for all that the, European woman. For all the Gitas out there, I'm just kidding. What about the Bhagavad Gita? Show some respect. Yes. It's one of my top 10 religious texts. texts. The other one that he sleeps with later, which is the other American woman when they're at the Olympics. Oh yeah. Every time she comes to the door, he like she's like a walking glamour shot. There's like she her hair is very done up and the light is going through her. It's behind lightly her and permed like, hair. Sh- like the sun is literally yeah. behind her. Not to mention, I don't know if you got this cuz this is also a very Olin Mills touch. She has a red rose that she's brushing <laughs> against her neck. And like, 
What is was this a yeah. Mother's Day gift your kids got you? What is happening here? And also, I mean, it's not just her. There's a scene, like a sort of climactic scene when Mario Kelly's character leaves or realizes she's never loved skating. Yeah. And she sort of informally retires. And there's like sun pouring in through yeah. the windows. And it's like a very dusty scene. So it's not like it's not like really stylized. It just feels like they're on the surface of the sun <laughs> filming. It's really odd choices throughout. The only one I can think of right now, there's a couple of like interesting angle shots. Like this, the scene where they're, they're at the party. It was a new year's party at her dad's house at Terry O'Quinn's house. And, uh, they begin the scene by like looking at the band upside down in like the reflection of the piano or something. And then they come up and it's like taking a sax solo during love shack. I don't know if you need to extend that song, but okay. (laughs) Um, but uh what is this two bridges and you're adding a yeah. saxophone solo? <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting. I only noticed it well, I noticed a lot of the slow shutter effect, but the angles I only noticed a couple times because it's just like and it usually wasn't, well, that's cool. It was more like, why did you do that? Well, sometimes it was used effectively. I think of the Topic montage near the beginning Topic. where she keeps falling on the ice and you know, she keeps bending down to say Topic. Yeah. But those are all shot. At weird angles because he's he's falling and not to the ground. Sure, but then there's other parts where they're running and you know it's filmed at weird Dutch angles and I'm like this. I get it, Starsky. You want to show us that you're more than just a '70s detective, yeah. who knows a pimp. You want to <laughs> show us that you got some skills to Wait, pay was those Hutch bills. Hutch a pimp? Hutch was, was not a pimp, but Huggy Stop. Bear oh, was okay. the, one of their informants on the street, and he was a pimp. Played um, by Snoop Dogg in the, in the Ben movie, Stiller, yeah. Owen Wilson adaptation. There was also a phenomenal Nia Peoples song playing behind the Topic scene that I've forgotten about. It's <laughs> great. There's some good uh, 90s R&B. There is a lot. This is like the the 90s were boiled down into a soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it's like they got a sampler platter of whatever they had on in store, the the Universal Studios yeah. license. Just just grab what you want, put it on the CD. It was out of control. I'm gonna take one Nia Peoples. I'm gonna have you know what? Give me, give me, give me two of those. Uh Whitney Houston. No, they didn't have any Whitney. They didn't have any Whitney Houston. Yeah. Nia Peoples is the only I mean, I didn't look up the soundtrack, but yeah. I didn't recognize that's the only name I, recognized I recognized the songs. Mm-hmm. Possibly because of this movie, but I didn't recognize any of the other artists. I know I briefly touched on it. Why doesn't Kate just skate solo? Is that, is did they say a reason? I'd be fine with a sentence in the movie, but I missed yeah, it. Yeah, this is one of those instances where, you know, it's a formula movie. I'm fine with if you just give me a toss, throwaway yeah. sentence. And I guess that was an attempt at this the throwaway sentence they said we should have trained her to be a singles i guess they were just so invested they were so used to her playing or doing partners that by the time they realized we should just go with singles that's fine i don't know enough about skating to know whether that's accurate or not like maybe it's not a thing you can switch very easily well honestly one of my faults with this movie i think is i I feel like they could have leaned into i think figure skating is a sport that a lot of people are familiar with but don't really know the ins and outs of yeah because you watch it inner politics 
every up. Winter Olympics yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And I feel like they could, they had an opportunity to sort of dive into a lot of that ins and outs. Like at one point, D.B. Sweeney's character says, like, it's harder than hockey. And I have no doubt that that's true. Yeah. But why? Um, yeah. But tell us why. Like, yeah. give give me like how this works. You didn't um, get that from him icing his hip bones? I did see that. I mean, that was, I saw why he did that. He kept falling over. But I feel like even after you get past the initial like learning curve, I think yeah. it's very difficult. And I feel like they could yes. have yeah. taken the opportunity. I'm sure that's true. Like, <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about, did the icing hip bone scene do anything for you? Where are you on the DB Sweeney-meter? DB Sweeney is the type of guy I would say, I think he's attractive. He's got hottest guy at your high school vibes. Yeah. Like he's not movie star, like hot. He's like the hottest guy in Duluth, yeah. Minnesota, which is what he's Where his character's from. Yeah. <laughs> which makes him very relatable and like right. kind of like sweet and like accessible. It's kind of like Don't pup- say accessible, but the puppy um, dog energy. Yeah. The, I don't think he breathes through his nose a lot. You know, like right. that kind of. But there are a few scenes where he's shirtless and you're like, what's going on? You got your little, uh, yeah. you got your man tits out. Those are kind of nice. Got a little broad shoulders. No, he's he's, he's very cute. He's got a boyish yeah. like look to him. I'll tell you, Moira Kelly, she can get it. <laughs> she is also very cute. Although, I mean, I kept looking at in some scenes, she is so wee against everyone else. She looks. She. I mean, she, she plays very like. I mean, she's 16. got this like spoiled right. brat energy, which I think leans towards that too. But that's kind of like she has that. That's like her energy, at least at this era of her career. It was like that kind of like snobby, rich girl. I remember listen, watching The Lion King and being like, that Nala is a bitch. <laughs> let's, t- let's talk about it. So the movie calls her character, Kate, straight up a bitch. And yeah. that's always a little bit like, okay, because overused, right? And right. we learned a lot more. I think that her character kind of is a bitch. <laughs> Obviously, like a male saying that, you know what I mean? I no, like, I know. Um, grain of salt, but. I don't disagree with you. There is, I mean. <laughs> Doesn't mean she's irredeemable. She's not irredeemable, yeah. but she, I think the the movie, I feel like the movie really does not like her very much yeah. and really pushes on her unlikability in a way that it's hard to really feel that excited yeah. about her. Whereas I think T.B. Sweeney, who who also like makes some snide comments and is kind of like a, a stuck up, a little he's not really played stuck up but yeah. you can see that maybe in his character but he certainly he does not get the same treatment that her character does right and we're kind of more on his another... he's the main character he's the one we start with yeah he's like who we're supposed to be rooting for the most yeah it I goes think. really easy on him not that i would want two unlikable characters that i have to watch fall in love but it does seem like the movie actively hates moira moira's yeah. character. Yeah, we just we touch a little bit on her relationship with her dad that like obviously he's the driving force. He's the one that like hires Doug to come mm-hmm. there and pays him and like tries to like pay him and send him away and then he like kind of challenges him to let him stay. But we get like one scene where she's like maybe you could have Maybe you didn't have to push me so hard or something like Maybe that. Maybe I like, could have just not skate. I, yeah. It, it becomes obvious that she does not like skating. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know if we needed a lot more than that, but I but I kinda do want more. I, I like, could have gone with a lot more than that yeah. because it felt like, oh shit, let's throw this into the mix. It it came too late a little bit. It's yeah. hinted at yeah. at first, but it's never really and not that he needs to be portrayed as a villain, but it's never really portrayed as like a fault of his. Yeah. And it's implied throughout the 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 movie, but it's implied so lightly that it doesn't 
process. Watching yeah. it the second time, I caught it a little bit more. But the first we time watching it, it I um, tonight. <laughs> can you imagine? Um, Start it over again. <laughs> Fire up the Sweeney. What was I saying? I feel like they Sorry. could have hit on it a little bit more. Yeah. Not make him an out and out villain, but call him out a little bit more on it. Yeah. I mean, they they sort of backload these scenes where she starts yes. talking about her mother, and then we have her sort of dramatic, but also quiet yeah. quitting catchphrase of the year. Somebody write an One article. of the few scenes where she's Somebody not screaming. Somebody write 54 articles in the New York Times about that. <laughs> about how Moira Kelly quietly quit yeah. on the set of Cutting Yeah, that was basically that scene and then the scene with her dad in the trophy room. Like that, That's basically all we get. And everything else is sort of left to sort of puzzle together. Yeah. But this yeah. isn't the movie where you sort of leave the theater and you go, hmm, what did you think about her relationship with her mother? It's not that kind of movie. Yeah, so yeah. it's not memento. You're not picking up the pieces. <laughs> so just tell me, movie. Her mother was apparently like a show skater, yeah. and I think she died young. And I'm left to surmise that the father is sort of like forcing his daughter to sort of live vicariously as her mother again. What did you think? Do you think that we got enough tension on Doug's side with his brother? That whole storyline. So his brother, basically, you know, he's Doug's washed up and he's now living in a shack behind his brother's bar. The Dorsey's penalty box. So their yeah. parents, I guess, or yeah. maybe they made it as a uh, shrine to him. But yeah, yeah, it's this hockey bar in, in Minnesota. And the tension yeah. is first that Doug is still trying to play in the NHL and he keeps getting rejection letters in front of his brother's like, when are you going to like wake up? And give up and, and bust some tables for God's sake. Yeah, and by the way, pay rent or or work here. One of the two, and he's like, "No, make me a sandwich." It's like kind of on your brother's <laughs> side here, and, and we're not yeah. actively supposed to be rooting for Doug at this point. To like, I don't think we're not on his brother's side or anything. But then later, he goes back to visit after he's been training with with Kate, and then he has to kind of like come out as yeah. a figure. It is it is very it is very framed like a gay coming out. Yeah, it is. Joke. It is a. I, I was hoping that they, I liked that scene actually because that's actually the first time it's revealed that he lied to his brother. Right. It almost felt like there was a scene that got cut out. Yeah. Um, he said he was in the Merchant Marines. Right. Yeah. And then so he so he comes back and he's like, Ah, back from the Merchant Marines. Uh, tell us all about it. And and one of the movie tropes I hate the most where DB Sweeney's like, Can we can we talk privately? And he's like, Nah, whatever you say to me, you can say in front of this entire bar full of people who, you know, revere you as a hockey god. There's 34 people in the room. Why don't you tell them also? It's so, it's so stupid. And they just sort of goose him into saying it. Minnesota accent. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it, it it is framed in this weird way, and it becomes like this source of tension just for two scenes between him, yeah. him and his brother, where his brother's kind of making fun of him for this, making fun, but also like earnestly pleading for him to like, don't humiliate yourself doing figure skating. Right. And I wish we could have gone into that a little bit, like see the lie in action, see right. him being kind of ashamed of it, because it is sort of a, a surprise about halfway through the movie that he hasn't told his family that he's doing this and that he's like kind of ashamed of it. And I felt like, that's an interesting aspect to his yeah. character that we could have delved into the sort of toxic masculinity and yeah. the fear of being in figure skating. And we did like it made sense for his character too because like at yeah. the beginning he's like I'm not I'm a hockey player I'm, and I'm I just doing. I think it fleshes this. him out more. Yeah, like because he he has an arc about it and he he learns to respect figure skating, especially because like we see 
what's his name, Tsar Nicholas II, come <laughs> and give him figure skating uh, skates. And he goes, but these are figure skating skates. Not how he talks at all. <laughs> and then the next shot is like him in the car, like heading yeah. to yeah. Kate Mulgrew's we, house. I, we definitely cut that scene or, uh, <laughs> yeah. at some point. Yeah. So it is an odd choice that then they go back and they're like, oh, uh, remember the brother? There's a bunch of backstory there. Yeah. So I feel like that could have been flat. This is a short movie. I don't know why they were trying to like yeah. be as as thrifty as possible. Yeah, I don't, I, even just a little bit more would have been good because that you know the dynamic is ultimately nice because mm. his brother is like he makes a joke like you have to shave your legs and mm. he's like ah, I'm just kidding and it was like ah, well, you weren't kidding like a second gotcha. ago. Yeah, he, he says, says gotcha, which, which is like just, you didn't really get anyone. It's not a prank. You just asked. There's kind a, of a lot of you lines. Just asked the kind of homophobic question. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we get to that? There's kind of a lot of those lines. Like okay. The, I think, to me at least, most famous sequence in this movie, which is the Topic sequence. So he uh-huh. discovers, what is this little thing on the front of the skates? And then it's like, oh, it's Topic. And then every time he falls over, not knowing how to skate with a Topic, she goes, Topic. Oh, right. I forgot what lines you meant. I thought you meant homophobic lines. No. And then I realized well, you were talking about these weird incongruent lines. They're like Go on. non-joke joke lines. Yeah. And then later, they decide to play hockey. They're uh, flirtatiously starting to become friends. Pals, yeah, lovers? their competitiveness yeah. is maybe turning into a flirtatiousness, perhaps. Maybe, perhaps. So they're playing hockey, and he's kind of like taking her to school, you know, scoring a bunch of goals on her, and then she finally gets mad and slap shots him right in the face. Yeah, and then we just see somebody in a hospital gurney <laughs> going by. It's not him, which I I appreciate that that little misdirect. Right, but they're in the hospital. He's clearly been hit and then then he comes out and he's got this full face bandage and she's like i thought you just said it was his eye and then he pulls it down and then it's, it is just like a a, a significant but like yeah, a little scratch above his eye stitches. and he goes topic which i guess i just it not, has the cadence of it yeah exactly and and she's like oh <laughs> you know it worked what's the other one there's another one. Oh, she she tells him early on when they when he fails at his first skate with her. She says, "Don't quit your day job." Oh yeah. And then later on, why does he say, "Don't quit your day job" to some to her randomly? She's like she refuses to do the new trick. Is that what it was? Was right? That and he says, "Don't quit your day job." It like didn't fit. Like it was supposed to be a callback, but it didn't work. Yeah, in the it scene. didn't make any sense. There was like three of those. There was another one too. I feel like anyway. I remember, but it was, it was terrible. It was weird. It did take us about uh, what would you say seventy minutes to get some gay representation in this figure skating movie? Yeah, surprising. Um, Although that guy does appear. Right, he is early on. You don't get any. The, yeah, this is the first time when he sees DB Sweeney. He goes, "Oh, now I see why you've been keeping them to yourself." Wink. He said to the camera, <laughs> "I'm the gay one." <laughs> Oh wink! I'm a bitch. Um, you now, can sleep with my skating partner. Go for it. Okay. What am I doing with her? Okay. <laughs> Surprisingly unhomophobic, though. I didn't yeah. think it was that. Yeah. I mean, probably to '90s people, they would have recoiled. But the movie itself uh, isn't being yeah. weird about it. DB Sweeney has barely any response to it. Yeah, and the, um, and so the, I guess uh, Mazel Tov, the cutting edge. Thanks yeah, I guess, and even the support? super mildly homophobic comment his brother makes is pretty. Tame. Yeah, it's pretty tame. He just has to he, he has to shave his legs, which is like okay. And but the Might whole be just misogyny, not not even homophobia. That's true. Do you feel like that was that funny to you that he had to like frame it as a uh, coming out scene? I as... didn't even pick up. Like I see what you're saying, and I yeah. definitely it does have. To me, I just read it as a secret scene. I didn't Fair take enough. it as a coming Fair out. Scene. Yeah, yeah. 
But I can see that read of it. Yeah. It's not wrong. I just, I didn't pick up on it. I'm not sure the movie was going that far with it either. Right. It's like, is this a trope yet? We got to wait 10 more years? All right. Okay. All right. We'll do it then in Cutting Edge 4. (laughs) Did you want to mention that Governor Ann Richards of Texas is a, also does a (laughs) ballet instructor for both D.B. Sweeney and and Kate? It did. Yeah. I like that. George H.W. Bush was born in a silver foot in his mouth. She wouldn't have called him H.W. Bush because W. Bush hadn't existed. Right. Like, why, are you saying, saying, why are you saying that? And she's like, you'll get it later. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> You're going to have to differentiate your George Bushes. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, it's not going to be great. Another much thing, of anybody. Outside of the soundtrack, another thing that places this right directly in 1992 is the extended gym montage. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, Sweaty. you know, figure skaters had to get in shape. I'm like, yeah, I, I did, I but guessed. I guess you yeah. really want me to know that as well. <sighs> Just sweating. Competitively like, sweating at yeah. each other. It was a very odd choice. I can see, and it was actually just you saying before when we were talking about the hockey, when they were playing hockey, how their competitiveness was like a source of bonding for them Mm. and like some of the sexual tension. I'm like, okay, now I see maybe that's why that scene was there, but I did not. Instead, I was just like, this is weird. (laughs) It is weird. Don't even with the idea that they're competing against each other. It's still weird because it's not just a few shots. It's like a whole montage last three or four minutes of watching them work out. It's odd. It is. But also sexy because they're both sweaty and they're attractive, symmetrical people. People (laughs) love sweat. There are some, while we're talking about weird shots, there is a shot of Kate around Christmas time, around the Yuletide. She is naked, her hair dripping wet, dripping down her back, and she's just lightly combing it. Yeah. Still dripping wet, meaning she hasn't towel dried it or anything. Just lightly combing it, looking out the window solemnly. And then D.B. Sweeney knocks on the door and she says, just a minute. So naturally, he took that as come right in. in. She tells him to get out. He doesn't. She tells him to get out again. He doesn't. That's a weird scene. Then there's they have a competitive thing where they're trying to out wake up early each other. Yeah. And to just um, get there. To get there first. Yeah. And I guess practice by yourself for partners figure skating. And she's like in a silk nightie. Yeah. Do women still wear silk nighties? Yes. Oh. Case closed. Up here they do. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. I got. It. I made it weird. Sorry. <laughs> she's also not under her sheets. She's just laying on top of the. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Feels filmed like by David Brent or something. <laughs> it's an odd. It's an odd tableau. I have nothing left. Really? Yes. So let's let's not plow for- through all that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so in this movie's defense, we also get yeah. a scene. We find out that Kate has never drank anything. And after they win at nationals and they find out they're going to the Olympics, she decides she wants to have her first drink in her life. Zero to 10 tequila shots. 10 tequila shots. I think split between them. Too many tequila shots. Yeah. She gets completely wasted. And then she tries to sleep with Doug and he like a true gentleman, says no and puts her to bed. And she's furious. Really mad. And instead, he sleeps with the other doubles partner that also- Who comes to a store? With the rose? No, with the rose and the backlight. She brings her own backlight. What is he supposed to do? Say no to sex? (laughs) I mean, she she was flirting. She asked him if he was going down earlier, which is movie talk for, we're going to have sex with each other. Let me see. What else can can I get out here? You just wrote out the script here. This is ridiculous. This is from the Mario movie. Okay. Um, this hockey Join game our is Patreon. filmed. 
This hockey game is filmed like a child. I mentioned that. <laughs> yes. The spinning helmet when he gets knocked out. Dramatically spinning. Oh, the music. I was I was curious. I'm not a figure skating aficionado. Aficionado. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but they their whole thing, at least for Doug, is they're going to do things different than everyone yeah. else. And they're going to wear different costumes. Yeah. And they're going to do different music. Now, the costumes, turns out, she just wears sort of a, a red leotard, and he wears black pants and a red shirt. So Didn't see that one coming. Rock and roll. Yeah. And then they, instead of playing classical music, they started playing rock and roll, which was... I don't know if it was the best choice for the movie because it has, it, the song itself has car sound effects, like a car revving up. And so every time, because they do the routine twice in the movie, and both times I'm like, is he making car noises? I'm always, th- I'm like, what is that? It also, I mean, this is all of the like rock music that's not on the soundtrack. It's like, it's all very royalty free sounding. Yeah. It's all very yeah. chat GPT wrote this rock song for you. But I'm also curious. I wish that I knew more about figure skating because now if you watch it, they often use, yeah, they use know, all, kinds, songs. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So was this unusual in 1992 or were they picking up on a, maybe an early iteration of a trend yeah. and they were sort of trying to lay claim to it. I don't have an answer for that. I just wanted to bring it up. Okay. In a lot of ways. It's one of the many unsolved <laughs> mysteries of the cutting edge that I'd like to get into. And here's us reenacting the scene <laughs> in the style of unsolved mysteries. Robert Stack, get in here. You're dead? Oh, damn it. Oh. Can we still do the slow shutter effect? I think your favorite line was, you're going to fight me? You're going to fight the whole world? <laughs> That's all, brother to brother, by we the all, way. We both said in the middle of our barbecue sandwiches, okay. <laughs> all right, That's movie. enough out of that. <laughs> all right, I'm done. That's all I got. Let's go to the verdict. Let's go there now. <laughs> Damon, what is your verdict? Your inner child is an idiot, I think. I'm really on the fence about this one. I feel like this movie is not saying it's going to reinvent the wheel. And it doesn't. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know. Promised and delivered. I feel like it's, it's trying to be a genre movie, and it is a genre movie. Yeah. My problem is, like, I was thinking about this earlier today. It's not... It's a little too comedic to be for me to say it's a romantic movie only. Right. But it's not very funny for me to call it a romantic comedy. Like the jokes don't land a lot of the time. The camera direction is a oh, choice. It's bonkers. It's lunacy. And very distracting from the rest of the movie. I could have used with a little bit, like, have Carrie Fisher come in and, you know, pump up your script a little oh, bit. Like she I was like, who would she play? No, no, no. When she was a script doctor yeah. during the 90s, like, have her do this and, like, yeah. punch it up a little bit. Could have used a few more laugh lines. Everything, like, all the sort of pithy one-liners seemed kind of generic. I think both of the characters are on the right side of, like, maybe Moira Kelly's 
on the wrong side of like being a little too much of a bitch and a little bit too much of a spoiled brat. Yeah. To the point of being a little too unlikable. Yeah. But nothing like insurmountable. It just is, I think if I watched it for the first time today, I would almost, I could feel it draining from my brain. <laughs> as you're, as as you're watching it, the first half is gone. <laughs> Wait, well, they have names? <laughs> I'm not, yeah. he's a hockey player. He can't do figure skating. Damon, the movie just ended. Did you just? Did you not see the, yeah. the movie? I do appreciate a movie that just ends. Just like, yeah. done, credits. Yeah. Because then you don't have to deal with your mom like saying, what do you want to do after this? Did you want to go to? You want to go to McDonald's? You want to go to a sit-down place? We go to a sit-down place. We're going to be st- sitting in the lobby for hours. You know, it's Saturday and we don't have a reservation for Olive Garden, so I'm leaning towards McDonald's. But you know, it's nice to have a good meal. Um, this is all happening during the credits, normally, or during the day. During the day of mall. No, no, she would never. So yeah, I'm going to have to say your inner child is an idiot, Damon. You ignorant son of a bitch. <laughs> No, I actually am on the exact same page. Your inner child is an idiot, and I I don't understand exactly why I've seen this movie so many times in my life. It's cheap license for TNT. It must to have buy. been like I think we touched on that in the intro. I think like it must have been just on a lot because I've seen it al- enough that it seems like it should be a significant movie to me. Mm-hmm. But watching it back, I'm like, well, this isn't very good. It's not even very bad either. It's no. just sort of like forgettable. So if if you're asking, should I revisit this? I think it's better where it is in your head. If you're like, like I kind of wish I hadn't rewatched it again because mm. because it I had in the mythos. Yeah, I kind of like put this up as like, oh, that's like a B plus charming comedy. Now I'm watching. It's like it doesn't even reach that level because it's like you said. It's like the jokes are just not there or not very funny. But There's it's a also, reason you only remember Topic. Yeah, yeah. And I still like, you're still like kind of rooting for them and you are like kind of glad they end up together, but it's all very like, uh, mm-hmm. I mostly don't care, but I'm okay with these attractive, two attractive people getting <laughs> right. together. Yeah, it's it's just not very, it's not great. And even the, even the soundtrack, which we were grooving to, it's got like two or three of the songs where I'd be like, oh yeah, I could listen to that again but mostly it's just like very of the time we're like and very calling attention to itself yeah like yeah there were scenes where you'd have one like you know montage scene cut to a new song with a new montage yeah i think there was the workout that went into the running and they both had different songs playing and it was like this is too much montaging of working out to different r&b songs you don't need to movie starsky you don't need to do this (laughs) What do you think, everybody? Email us, your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can text us or leave us a voicemail, 615-576-0525. And now they're going to see me reading. Oh, boy. They think I memorized these names. That's what the patrons pay for. We want to thank our patrons of the show, including... Just Cuz. Lindsay Halleck. Scalphosaurus. Beth Sermont. Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro. Lindsay Now. Particle Man. Shit on the cartouche. T. Smith. The Elusive Fan Gromkin. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Caroline Amberson. Demons are straight. Flawless. <laughs> David Mort. Dr. Uh, Malcolm's uh, heaving bosom. Dramatically placed hot dog. <laughs> Heather Tuggle. His Honor the Mayor. Jackson has an unhealthy obsession with Damon. Who wouldn't? James Taylor. 
Jeremy Powell and Jonathan Day, Josh Frigo, the Hands of Fate, the McWilly House of Cats, the Supreme Ruler of this podcast, the Zesty. Tommy Boy is my favorite movie. I'm sorry. Can you just just so we can get a clear take of that one? Tommy Boy is my favorite movie. Really? Anyway, back to reading the patrons. <laughs> Travis Vance. Thank you all very, very much. Thank we really you guys. appreciate it. If you want to support the show like them, uh, patreon.com slash your video. You can just use your name. You don't have to do some sort of like weird prank. You can just use your name or, you know, do a weird prank. I don't mind it at all. <laughs> It's such a good vibration. That's not that's that not, not in this. Not in this. That, and that one sounds expensive. Don't <laughs> sing that one.